Hey guys, how are you? Kevin Goatee, Gutting the Sacred Cow. I got a haircut. I like it. Not bad. We've done something we've never done for this episode ever before. We've brought back a fan favorite guest. That's right, Bill Schultz, all the way back from episode three when he did Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, is now back as he does Independence Day. But before we get to it, two quick notes. One, sorry, I fucked up. I forgot to put in five fun facts for this. So we don't have no five fun facts for this episode. I'm sorry. I know it's a lot of my uh, fans and friends. My buddy Nick, that's his favorite section. I know mine too, buddy. Sorry. Next up, make sure you uh, please write a five-star rating and a two-sentence review for us wherever you listen to podcasts. That would be a big help. And of course, guttingthesacredcow.com. Check it out. Why? Because now Kevin and I have new content coming out on the blog every day for the next weeks. We've got plenty of lists of 10, as we call it, the hashtag list of 10. That's out. Give that a look. You'll let you know if you like it, great. If you disagree with it, cool. Go on social media and tell us why we're wrong. At GTSC Podcast on Twitter, Gutting the Sacred Cow Podcast on Instagram, and a good old Gutting the Sacred Cow on Facebook. But that's it. Listen, kick back and listen to those sweet, sweet dulcet tones of Bill Schultz as he goes after Independence Day. Gather round, here's what I know It's just that this cow has got to go I know some people kind of like it, yeah, it's trending right now Yeah, that doesn't matter cause we're gutting the sacred cow The sacred cow, Kevin Israel. What's We're going back. on? We are, we are back. back. No so in quarantine. Yeah, no bricks or our houses set afire yet. We have not been looted, so that's good to know. I want to riot because the JL Coven episode did not nearly get the love that it deserved. It and I think I think if there's any reason to throw something through a window, that's it. I, I completely agree. And I really do think it is the film. This 2001, because you see it every week when I put it out, this 2001 is Space Odyssey. Is people, are people going to get angry about that when I go, holy shit, like I put it out there and maybe six people comment. They're like, yeah, it's all right. Or, eh, not that good. Chris Crespo, who has the worst taste in films I've ever seen. So, yeah, it's my, one of my favorite movies, 2001. Like, I, I love it, but the, the problem with oh, 2001. stop. Jesus it, Christ, it's, what's wrong with you? It's terrible, Bill. It is awful. I enjoyed it, but granted, I don't think I've ever seen it sober. There you go. What did I yeah. say? Everyone who loved this movie was high in fucking LSD. It was yeah. the first time I ever saw By it. Way, and ding, it officially, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it was the first time I saw that movie, and it officially became the worst movie I've ever seen. Pow. Yeah. Yeah. Enough of this horse shit. Everyone, we have our first return guest to the show, Bill Schultz for The Morning so Show. Much. Compound Media, you see me on there every month with Bill and Joanne. Don't forget, Joanne Nosachinsky did Grease, and Bill's here to make sure that he surpasses her downloads for that episode. Well, Joanne, Bill, had, Bill had one of the first sterling episodes with, uh, with, with Indiana Crusade, Jones Crusade, and yeah. the Last Crusade. And uh, so now he's, he's, uh, he's, he's decided to, to double down on the blockbuster and see if he can, uh, if he can go 2-0. for two and oh. And he chose – well, he didn't go 2-0 because he didn't gut the Sacred Cow the right. first time. But you know what? In fairness, 
We changed the we, rules, though. We were applying a different standard at that point. I think I think had we been applying the standard as we say it now, he would have probably got, got the That's cap. a fair point. That's fair. But Bill Schultz has come on this podcast to take down Independence Day, the choice film of such – and it's, it's and the current strife for in. What an apropos choice. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that because I watched it again last night. And uh, the scene – where uh, where his father comes out with the gun and he's like, there are animals out there. And I was like, I thought, that too. Shit. I thought of that too. That's very fucking scary. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that hit home in a bad way. As well. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Independence Day, Kevin Israel. It's time to play the ratings game. Independence Day on the IMDb 1 through 10. What did Independence Day score? You know, I have a feeling that this wasn't uh, a uh, the, the reviewer's darling, so I'm going to say it was a six. Uh, you're wrong by one full point, seven flat. Wow, I'm surprised. I'm shocked it was a seven. Rotten Tomatoes score. Critics, give it to me. I'm going to I'm going to stick with my with my gut and go with a sixty percent. I'm going to say seventy. Well, let's say what you both of you split the difference, and you've got sixty-five percent, which is the critics' number. All right. Now, for the audience number, let's hear it. Uh, I, got, I think it's I think it's got to be an like an eighty-six. Eighty-six, Bill. It's the Kardashian of movies. Uh, it's like it's popular, but there's no rhyme or reason to it. I'm going to say eighty. Seventy-five. Wow. Yeah. I'm now sorry. let's 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 talk some numbers. 1996, this film came out. 75 million dollar budget at the time, bringing in a haul of 817.4 million dollars in 1996, wow. which in 2020 dollars would be a 125 and a half million dollar budget, 1.368 billion dollars. Wow. That's, that's an a, ROI you can take to the bank. That's an Avengers fucking haul right there, as we say, Kevin Israel. This was this was one of the like the really the first summer blockbusters. No, 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 no. That would be Jaws. I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking movies that that brought in just massive money. Indiana Raiders, Star Wars, M- uh, Empire, all those, dude. You're that you're missing a whole sweet spot era of big blockbusters, my friends. Quotes. Welcome to Earth, as Bill, as Will Smith says. Uh, that's what I call a close encounter. God. Could have been home barbecuing. I'm going to whoop E.T.'s ass. You just did not shoot that green shit at me. And now, Kevin Israel, I left you all of the Jewish quotes that I thought you would appreciate. <laughs> You'd all be dead if it wasn't for my David. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it? What was it? That, that you, you had it back in the 50s. In that uh, Roswell, New Mexico, uh, Area 51. Area, you knew then. You did nothing. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I, are we I, done I, here? Say, you guys have already proven my point. I'd say I quote that. That scene, I got to quote that at least once a month. You sound like Eddie Murphy. Like as the old, you sound like Eddie Murphy is a Jewish guy and coming to America. That Mission accomplished. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. And also, look. Listen, I get it that Bill is a communist and he he doesn't love our country, but the speech at the end of this movie by the president is one of the greatest movie presidential. Oh, go fuck yourself, Bill. Honestly, 
Honestly, just so you know, if you're not, because you can't see, Bill just put on a, uh, a Russian shirt and he's wearing uh, the, the sickle and hammer hat. It's, he's very communist. Very I'm, communist. Waiting, I'm waiting for him to put on the iron sheiks like that, that hat they wear. <laughs> America, Haktui. <laughs> I read number that one. That We Will Not Go Silently Into the Night is, is by far one of the greatest movie presidential speeches. Yeah, quite the original quote, too. Uh, yeah, yeah see? Inside, uh, hold on, Henry hold on. Hold, hold on. I, that, your time is right around the corner. Bill Schultz, any, Sorry, quotes, your show, any quotes from your end that you wish to share? Uh, well, I would say that let's go back to the, one of the ones that they were marketing, Welcome to Earth. I think Welcome to Earth would have resonated more and may have been considered a classic if they just diehearted it, but they couldn't do it with a stupid rating. If he said, Welcome to Earth, motherfucker, I think it would be more of a classic. Uh, you know what? Like, uh, yippee ki motherfucker. Simple. Oh, they That's couldn't do part, it. But, but welcome to Earth. Give me a break. Uh, like, the, the entire, all the dialogue is written by someone that uh, had English as a second language and was a gay German, which is exactly what it was written by. Roland Emmerich is a gay German. Say, English is a second language. You can see it throughout the movie. Uh, it is, so, is jaw-dropping how infantile the dialogue is from beginning to end. All right. It's, it's all funny, right. It's funny, that, you, it's funny that you say that about the quote because the quote where uh, uh, Feinstein says, uh, says, I got to call my mother. I got to call my lawyer. Ah, I could have sworn, because I even looked at my wife and said it. I could have sworn he said, fuck my lawyer. Forget. He, said, he said, forget my look. And I, that's, and I can't remember what that phenomenon is called where you remember something that actually never happened. It's uh, the Mandela effect, I think. I think that's called the Mandela effect. I didn't know the name, but I love it. Yeah, I think oh, it's because everybody believes that Nelson Mandela died in the 90s and he didn't. Um, <laughs> he got out of jail as a whole big fucking thing. How did no, he but there's, no, but there's a, go look up articles on the Mandela effect. Everybody <laughs> thinks he died. Anyhow. I could have, I 100% swore that he said fuck. And my wife was like, this is PG. This is, he couldn't have said fuck. PG-13. PG-13, right. You can get. Which really is, 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 is most people's PG now. You're right. The Mandela yeah. refers to when a large number of people share a false memory originally retributed to the existence of multiple universes. Here's an example. Here's an example. Real quick. The Monopoly Man. The Monopoly Man. Yes. His monocle. Which eye is his monocle on? Uh, it's not. It's hanging down. Bill? He doesn't have a monocle. He does not have a monocle. Correct. Oh. Everybody thinks the Monopoly man has a monocle. Which makes wow. sense. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. And yet Mr. Peanut does. And last I checked, peanuts do not need monocles. And they don't have eyes. Bill Schultz, any quotes from your end? Or is that all? Before we, before I can see you again, like a, like a coked out thoroughbred waiting to... Uh, Get out and champ at the bit. Champ at the bit. It's not champ at the bit, people. It's champ at the bit. Do your is homework. it? It is champ at the bit. See, now I just taught you something. How cool is that? Yeah. Bill Schultz. It looks like I, I, I can't. I can't contain you anymore. So, Kevin Israel, it is now time for Bill Schultz to got the, the sacred, sacred cow. cow. Well, uh, I, here's the thing. When I last did this, I did Last Crusade. And I like Last Crusade. It's not without its flaws. And it was a challenge to find those flaws, but they were few and far between. I have kind of screwed myself because, I don't know, I can't, I, I'm nervous about 
opening my phone up and showing you guys my desk because all I have is war and peace on, of notes on how awful this movie was. <laughs> and it is, and it's too much. It, it's, it's overwhelming. Um, I would go back to the fact that the director, Roland Emmerich, is indeed, as I just mentioned, a, a, a very privileged gay German born not only 10 years after World War II. And there are so many things going on in this movie that make you now think like, oh, of course it was a gay German born 10 years after World War II. And I will go back to the better Kevin, Kevin Israel. Uh, I will go back to his fate. Uh, one of the more alarming things in this movie that also just doesn't, it's not funny and there's no reason this character needs to exist in this plot. Too many characters to begin with is Judd Hirsch. Now Judd Hirsch is, and this last night, Judd Hirsch is essentially a cinematic hate crime for how stereotypical and awful his character is with his little yarmulke uh, reciting the Quran, the Quran. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is not, that, we just, Kev, we just found our first audio uh, video file for the. Oh yeah, my God. God. <laughs> I screwed my Muslim God. extremist. Hey, did you, see the, did you see the deleted scenes where Judd Hirsch threw rocks at the on the strip of the Gaza at the tanks of the Gaza Strip? Uh, uh, but it is delicious. Like it is, he is he is, could not be more of a cartoonish, stereotypical Jewish character. And I know in Roland Emmerich's fucking hacky mind, he thought that he was doing himself and his entire country of Germany a service by making um, the, the Jewish faith such a prominent part of the plot, when in the end, he screwed himself and screwed the plot by just not even having the character, but having the character be that overtly Jewish where he just looks like a cartoon character in some Nazi propaganda film. The only, thing, the, only, the only thing missing was him being a landlord and evicting uh, black people out of his building. <laughs> kind of, yes. And then, like, he's not just a stereotype of an old Jewish person that had no reason to be in the movie. You could have the young Jewish person that is Goldblum. Who, oh, by the way, Goldblum is kind of the poor man's Harrison Ford. As we know, Harrison Ford is half Jewish. And Harrison Ford has recently been revisiting a lot of his older iconic characters. You got your Harris, you got your Han Solo, you got your Indiana Jones. Um, I forget his character's name in um, Blade Runner, but he's been Decker. doing that recently. As has uh, Jeff Goldblum. He did it with uh, Jurassic Park, and he did it with Stupid Independence Day. And quit while you're ahead, because. Goldblum's character is the closest thing to something that you can watch. I know Will Smith got a lot of press for the fact that this is his first starring role right after Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. How dare you forget a 1995 gem called Bad Boys. Bad Boys, Jesus Christ. That was, I, I, th- I believe, I thought Bad Boys was right after. Correct me if I'm wrong. I thought Bad You're Boys wrong. was right after. No, 1995. Nah. I saw us in high school, the theater with my, uh, twice, one, one second I was with my uncle, graduated. You saw it in high school? Bad Boys was out in 95 when I graduated, yep. 
Oh, so, the, oh, so I am a tiny bit older than you. I started a year late, by the way. Okay, because I, I saw it my freshman year of college. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by yeah, fun surprise, is none of us. Fun, fun fact, Roland Emmerich, as you said, was indeed born 10 year, uh, years after World War, World War II. Also shares a birthday with a very um, fantastic, dashing, and charismatic Kevin Goatee. We have the same birthdays. <laughs> this explains yeah. a lot. Yeah, I know. I, I was like, do, I, do I tell I share this fun fact? Yes. Another, another person trying to make up for his Nazism. Shame on you. Shame <laughs> yeah, on you. Like Kevin looks like the Aryan youth that Roland dreams about all the time. <laughs> Compliments? <laughs> For the record, Judd Hirsch is one of my favorite characters in this entire movie. And while he might be an ordinary people, but then he somehow forgot to act. He, <laughs> he reminds me of almost everybody at my Passover Seder growing up. They all sounded like that. They all talked like that with the same inflections and the same mannerisms. They all behave. They all treated you the same way, kind of lovingly condescending. It was that he it was I, that character. The minute he came on screen, I was like, "Oh, I feel like I'm at home right now." This is, this is so. What you're saying is all the satyrs that you grew up with were ham-fisted, hacky, barely watchable sci-fi films. Yeah, yeah, they're Jews, man. That's how it is. The only thing, the only thing missing was a spinning bow tie and a seltzer water. <laughs> the Jewish, the Jewish culture, the Jewish culture doesn't ease you into it. It's not a, it's not a quiet, subtle people. Fair enough. No. Fair Why do you think everybody hates us so much? Because we come in place and everybody's just like, ah, shut these fucking people up. I, for one, love the uh, unbelievable bass to your voice. I find it uh, very, like, if, if anything, it's lulling me to sleep. Um, <laughs> like this film did for you? Sorry? Like this film did for you? Uh, well, that's the thing. <laughs> like, Roland Emmerich is very good at, you're not going to be lulled to sleep if you watch Independence Day. You're not going to be lulled to sleep if you even watch the crap that was Godzilla, very much close to right after this was made. Um, but it doesn't take away from the fact that they're just awful. And like, as we were discussing at the beginning of the show, and now I question all of Mr. Israel's bona fides for the fact that he doesn't realize that Jaws was the first blockbuster. Mm. But you can have a blockbuster where it can actually be character-driven, as Jaws was, and it can be three characters. Now, the big, one of the, for starters, bigger problems with Independence Day is how many characters do we got? Kind of main characters. 20? And you can't even follow their fucking trajectory, their plot line, what, what's motivating them. You don't even care whether or not they die. And none of them have good deaths, by the way. It is... He decided to do it. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait one second, sir. Give it to me. Give it to me. Wait. Wait, this is his None second. of them have a good death. I'm back. That was, that was one of the greatest sacrificial deaths in, in, in my movie memory. He flies his jet into the main weapon of the ship. That was Dennis Quaid playing Dennis Quaid. Who cares? Uh, there was Ra no Ra Randy Quaid. Let's be. Dennis I don't care if it was Randy, Randy Quaid, Quaid yeah, playing Dennis Fred Flintstone. Dennis Quaid was too busy making Jaws 3D. That's what he was doing. Underrated. Um, oh. The the 3D really brought out the victim's dying. Um, but Randy Quaid was. I I know in Roland Emmerich's. English is a second language brain. He thought that Randy Quaid was going to be the comic relief. 
But it was just sad and pathetic, especially knowing that what we know now now know about Randy Quaid, which was that he's been mentally ill for a long time. Randy Quaid was playing Randy Quaid. And it was one of the many characters that wasn't that funny, didn't bring a whole lot to the table, and was not needed. Really, what you could have done was got, get rid of all of the women that were basically all just wives and just have the movie be Pullman, Goldblum, and Will Smith. Focus on that. Give us a lot more alien attacks. Give us a lot more legit fears. Uh, like, this thing was like Starship Troopers without any irony and alien without any fear. It was just a bastardization of just crap of movies that were great. And the result was a hybrid butt baby of badness. It, it, like, there was Love the alliteration. Love the alliteration. Oh, that's Thank you. Thank you. That was his AOL screen name. <laughs> Bad butt baby. Wait, I still have AOL screen names. <laughs> Is that not a thing anymore? Nope. Uh, but yeah, and like the other thing is, um, look, I unlike what Kevin said, I'm actually not a communist. And I love chest thumping um, patriotic American films if they're done well. This thing was sh so trying to shove it down our throat, in particular about the fact that July 4th is now the world's day rather than just America's day. Uh, and then coupled with the fact that like one of the like SAS British guys, when they finally figured out that oh, America in of itself figured it all out and his response is, Oh, man, it's a black, that bloody time. We're just sitting here on our asses, not doing anything. But thank you, America, for doing everything. And again, I got no problem with America doing everything in any movie if it's done right. But this was just shoved right up our gaping butthole. And it was gaping after watching this. That it, it, it was clearly made by a person that wasn't an American but just loves our nationalism. And you know what? Nationalism in Germans are always a scary thing, as is this movie. The amount of people that they cast for this movie is, again, ridiculous. Uh, we had disaster movies in the 90s because we had no actual enemies, and so we needed enemies on film, so we had a bunch of volcano movies, you had a bunch of asteroid movies, and thanks to Roland Emmerich, I'll give him credit on this, he restarted the whole aliens attacking us thing. But the problem is, aliens attacking is enough. That is all you need. But idiot that he is, he decided to just also cast it with like the cast of Dynasty times 20. And all of these people had backstories that they never got into because I thought I think they thought their roles were going to be bigger. One of them was Robert Logia. Logia, yeah. Yes. Yeah, perennial of the 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s, what have you. And so he is a general in the movie. And... Um, He's a good example of the movie wanting to have its uh, red state and blue state cake and eat it, too. The president's <laughs> very liberal, but it's also very pro-military. It's, uh, you know, Jeff Goldblum's an environmentalist. They love Silicon Valley rather than nukes. The nukes don't work, but we can get them with a computer virus. Fuck you. Pick a team and go with that. But Rod Elogia said that he based his character on General Patton, which I thought was hilarious because you could barely see his character in the whole thing. He's got a couple okay lines. But he based it on General Patton, you know, a real guy in World War II. Uh, 
But the difference being that Patton was a great movie. And he's basically this great character with this bag of diarrhea that barely even allowed his character to breathe because his character, like most, were not needed. It's an alien attack movie, focus on the aliens attacking, have four characters, tops. The rest is a waste of screen time, particularly when you've got an FX budget like they had. Wow. Strong I words. Mean, anything, any, any, other, any other bullet points you want to hit before we get to the other segments? Get as much time as you want. Okay. Um, well, President Whitmore was a terrible president. He did not evacuate the White House until barely in time. He did not evacuate any of the cities, letting a lot of people die. And by a lot, I mean, let's face it, 100 million. And yet still a hero because he finally flies at the end, which also goes to the point of how many goddamn movies there were where the president was either the hero or one of the close to the protagonist in the 90s. Like, we were a lot more idealistic back then. And it was all slop. Um, there is... They, they try to bring science into this movie, and there's no science. They bring aliens to the movie that have this countdown that Jeff Goldblum seems to have figured out. Now, these are aliens that have a countdown that are somehow... I know why we have satellite disruption. Huh? <laughs> I know why we have satellite disruption. Oh, for my argument? No, that no that's, his, that's his line when you realize. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. See, I should have remembered that. But so they, we've got this countdown that Jeff Goldblum figures out. Now, these are aliens that are able to get a victim, one of us, um, the scientist with the crazy long hair, and kill him and then put their fingers on his throat and then through ESPA translate to the rest of us to tell us that they just want to kill us. He didn't kill him. Great. So why do you need a countdown? You got, Al, all you got to do is ESPA, ES, ESPA, ESP, tell all of them when is the time to really just destroy all of our monuments. Why give them, that, uh, them us, this big thing that we can figure out and then somehow be prepared for the fact that you're about to attack us? Don't bring science into this when this isn't a science movie. It's a popcorn movie. Don't try to sound smart when it's not. Don't bring all these stupid things in when there are so many logical loopholes in your dumb science that it just takes you out of the movie. Wow. This is like watching a Frazier, Frazier Mahat. No, 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 no. I'm sitting here eating my popcorn. Kevin Israel, again, he's, he's sitting back there like Jean-Claude Van Damme in Bloodsport ready to launch a crescent <laughs> kick at your face. And I can't wait for you to be Sean Lee and fight back. All right, give it to me. All right. Well, hold on. Before we get to that, let's get to our critics' five star reviews. Oh my God! Music. Whoever did that doesn't know how to count to five. Five star reviews. Five star reviews by critics. Independence Day isn't the perfect film, but it's a film that is still fun to take in on a hot summer night. Never professes to be anything more than escapist entertainment with enough gee whiz pyrotechnics to enthrall audiences. One of the best summer blockbusters ever made. <laughs> I know. I, I laughed at that one too. But, if, but what if that's just masking everything that we're afraid to admit? What if we were manipulated into liking this movie and we've been blind to it all this time? 
like those. Okay. I like that. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. <laughs> it's an utter slog, and there's nothing worse to say about a movie whose entire solitary purpose in life is to provide mindless, violent escapism. A loath, a loath. Like yeah. Do I say that again, Bill? I'm sorry. I like mindless, violent escapism. Yeah. They just didn't do it well. Exactly. A loathsome, soulless husk of a garbage movie. A bad movie then, and it's a bad movie now. One quarter of a very decent, albeit cliche, alien invasion film. And three quarters of an unwatchable adventure film. Maybe the movie maker's mission was to bully go where everyone in Hollywood has gone before. The bank. Burn! Last one. Yeah. Forget government conspiracies about aliens. What about the entertainment media's conspiracy to persuade America that this movie doesn't suck? Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star reviews. It's time for Amazon five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. I remember going to this to see this at the movies when it debuted, yes, on the 4th of July, 1996. One of the great sci-fi movies of our time, Independence Day, is a roller coaster ride of a movie. Action, adventure, humor, romance, you, you name it, this movie's got it. Anyone who thinks this movie stinks does not deserve the honor of being a movie fan. If you can stomach whiny performances from Bill Pullman and Jeff Goldblum, think of them as the aliens, then the rest of the movie is entertaining. I don't know if the parts were written that way or if that, that was the extent of their acting range. I don't know. Never mind the stereotypical characters. Never mind the non-existent logic. Never mind that the dialogue is inane and bordering on idiotic. This is a great action film! And there's no point in denying it. Yes, that stupid speech by Bill Pullman is enough to gag a maggot, but what the hey? Ah, uh, go fuck yourself. They saved the world. <laughs> yeah. They saved the world. They have cool aliens. Will Smith when he was hot. And it's light years above the stupid sequel that resurrects a dead Dr. Okun. Mm -hmm. Were the aliens cool? Let me ask. I'm going to, even though I am the focus of this, I'm going to ask a question to my beloved host. Were the aliens good? No, they're a middle of the road at best. Thank you. Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews, Amazon one-star reviews, Amazon one-star reviews now. Amazon one-star reviews, Amazon one-star reviews, Amazon one-star reviews now. Great movie. Saw it with my brother in, back in the day and we loved it. I have a complaint. I ordered it for my daughter who as of now only speaks Spanish because it said it has Spanish as an alternate language, but it doesn't have Spanish. Signed, Someone else who doesn't know how to use the SAP button. <laughs> I can't believe how many people give this movie more than one star. It's horrible, cheesy, and not worth a cent. Howard the Duck deserves more stars than this dumb movie. In fact, me, I would rather watch someone set fire and loot my business and watch Howard the Duck again. I don't know how you guys feel. Howard the Duck is I haven't seen that movie in they're, they're both years. They're both crappy alien movies. Right. Uh, so I think Howard the Duck is basically Independence Day just 10 years earlier. And with Leah Thompson, more revealing outfits. Meow. Yeah. There was a naked female duck in Howard the Duck, so that was kind of cool. That was a full-on tit shot, yeah. Are you one of these guys who looks up Marge Simpson porno on Pornhub or Naked Lois no. Griffin, Kevin? <laughs> no, I just remember all the tits I saw when I was young. 
you and Mr. Skin instantly decoding the instantly decoding the code without any having any prior knowledge, developing a computer virus of all of a sudden commander in chief flying a fighter jet on his own, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It was like a Pokemon movie, good for good for kids under the fourth grade. Those are our reviews. The president flying the flying the jet was more believable than Quaid flying the jet. The president said he he was a jet pilot in the in the desert storm. Randy Quaid said he flew pi- uh, Randy pilot. Randy Quaid flew in like Korea or something. <laughs> no, Nam, and he also flies crop duster. I disagree. I think Randy Quaid is a more believable pilot than President. Whatever. Why would Randy Quaid get anally raped by the aliens? So that he can learn more about us. And then, even though they're going to destroy our entire planet, they somehow let Randy Quaid live. When he should have died, like, it is, it's a lot of stuff like that. It's a lot of stuff like that. Uh, that was going that was with the old trope. It's an amazing movie that it is. But that, that was the old trope that people said that they were abducted and that they had experiments performed on them and then they returned. There were books written about people claiming to have that experience. So this was going with that. It kind of makes it seem like Randy Quaid wasn't hallucinating, that he was indeed actually uh, kidnapped by the aliens and, of course, anally raped. For those of you not on YouTube right now, in which you can see us on YouTube, Kevin Israel is taking more notes than he did during Philosophy 101. (laughs) And so with that, why don't we go to the guy who's taking a personal offense, like a white glove. I love it. Yeah, Kevin Israel has had a white glove slapped across his face and spit upon and said, I challenge you to a duel. Well, sir, it is now time to take three, ten paces, turn, and fire when ready. Well, first of all, thank you for giving me my moment in the sun. Let me start off by saying, Mr. Schultz is absolutely right. This is a bad movie. It's bad. It's a bad movie. But here's the thing. I love it. I love every scene, every line, every moment of this movie. I've seen this movie has to be a hundred times. It has to be, at least in pieces. I saw this movie. This is one of the only movies, I think maybe five movies in my history, have I seen twice in the theater. I saw it back-to-back nights, uh, oh. the third and the fourth, uh, with two different girls, and it was, and both times, the, the girl I saw it the second time wanted to make out, and I said, I pushed her away, because I was like, no, I'm watching this fucking movie, and she didn't realize I saw it less than 24 hours ago. You uh, cock-blocked yourself. I, I didn't listen to Bill is, speech. This, this, this goes right back to 40-year-old virgin. You know how I know you're gay? <laughs> Don't worry. I made up for it in the end. But, uh, oh, anal sex? Oh. But this, this movie, and this was one of the first movies to utilize uh, Super Bowl marketing in advance. In my notes. Uh, it had a huge marketing campaign. And the reason, the, one of the reasons I really love this movie is this was one of the last movies that had a, an advertising campaign all the way through where you had basically no idea what the movie was about. You, you knew the White House gets blown up. You know, I don't even think, you know what? I don't even think you knew definitely that it was an alien attack. I don't know. I don't think they yeah. revealed. They, the, I, don't, I, you, I don't think you knew Will Smith was in it. Uh, they really did a cloak and dagger job on the marketing. And it all, it literally, the whole success of this movie banked off of that Super Bowl spot where they blew up the White House, which till today is one of the most iconic destructions of a building in any movie. And, it will, uh, and, and even watching it last night 
when and having seen Avengers and all the movies that have come come after it, destroying cities, super a Man of Steel who destroyed an entire city, it still was impressive to watch those giant ships fly over the cities, and and because it it, it the movie did do a good job in putting in your mind what would this be like, what would this moment be like, what would how would people react, the people partying at the top of the skyscraper when that thing opens. Especially today, especially now, seeing how people are responding in an emotional time, I was like, that 100% would happen. There would be people at the top being like, beat me up! And I'd be like, they're gonna fucking, they're shooting a laser at you. How are you this stupid? Every, I mean, for Jeff, Jeff Gold, I think this was one of my favorite Jeff Goldblums being, I mean, Jeff Goldblum is Jeff Goldblum, but this was the Jeff Goldblumiest Jeff He's Goldblum. He's a national treasure. What's that? He's a national treasure. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, I, I makes everything better. I, yeah, agree. I, 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 I do. I, I adore him. Um, Will, Will Smith was was picturesque, perfect in this as the you, Kev. You make all the faces you want. He was fantastic. He punched no, out. I, he punched out a, a, a cyber suited alien with his fist, and then smoked a cigar. M- m- magnificent. <laughs> How many, how many people have said since then, now that's what I call a close encounter. Oh. This movie is so quotable. And that is, for me, that is one of the hallmarks of a great movie. How many lines in it do I, do I typically go back to? This is, this, is, this is probably in the top five. Armageddon is my number one most quoted movie. Uh, oh, if I a quote, Michael Bay movie is on, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Uh, what would you say? I said, if a Michael Bay movie is on, I'm going to watch yeah. it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Transformers uh, The look. Last Night, including that one? Huh? Transformers The Last Night? No, actually, I, I, re- I retract my statement. Thank you. If a Michael Bay movie is on that's not Transformers, I will watch not it. Tra- not any Transformers, but the first Transformers. The first one's amazing. The, the yeah, sequels the first are trash. Oh, no, no, no. The first Transformers is fucking great. The sequels are straight up trash. Straight um, up. But look, all of that said, to, to Bill's point... The Randy Quaid character, especially now, knowing what we do, forget Randy Quaid, he's a nutcase, but just knowing what we do about PTSD, substance abuse, the scene where, the scene where they first introduce him and he gets out of the plane and he's drunk and then he drinks him, I was like, ah, you wouldn't, probably wouldn't do that today. And if you did do it today, it wouldn't have been a punchline. Him drinking from the bottle was a punchline that did, that landed awkwardly today. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, this was 1996. It was, you know, 30 it was years ago. Sure. Um, the, uh, the, so there was, so there was originally supposed, so there were obviously the sequel was an unmitigated disaster. I have not seen that. It don't ever, don't ever see I it. I turned it, it off after 30 minutes and said, yes. And it just gets worse. Every 10 minutes it gets incrementally it? worse. Oh, good. oh my God. It's so bad. So bad. Uh, but you find out, number one, that the scientists, uh, who was actually Data from Star Trek The Next Generation, didn't die. Uh, he, w- he was just strangled, and then he survived and had some weird relationship where he, like, the aliens were always in his head or something like that. Um, Kev, I love that you mentioned that because I did not know until I was doing my deep dive this weekend that that was Data from <laughs> yeah, Star Trek. Yeah, I, I, mean, I didn't I was a huge Next Generation fan, and when he came out, because he didn't do anything after Next Generation. And when he walked, when he they walk into the into Area Fifty One, and he walks out, I was like, "That's Data!" Holy no shit. idea. Yeah, um, I missed that too. There was look, th- this was to me. This was 
and and I don't think intentionally. But first of all, I am a pure product of the '90s. I love almost everything that came out of the '90s: the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this was such a product of the '90s, and such, and it was it was it was almost like a bridging moment between action movies of the, the '80s into what we ended up getting today: the, the really really high quality special effects mixed with actually actually good good plots and good stories but the plot of this absolutely is a disaster the the villains in it the aliens are completely two if not one-dimensional you know nothing about them you don't know anything about their motivation you don't have any real reason to fear them like you said bill uh they're bland looking uh they wear these robotic uh, exoskeleton suits that clearly don't do anything because I couldn't stop a Will Smith punch for as great as Will Smith does punch. Um, so there, I I agree. There were too, there were definitely too many characters, and they should have done a little more to give you the motivation behind the aliens and why. Just just the idea that an entire race built a planet sized spaceship, got on and said, you know what, let's just start going around and fucking up other planets. Yes. Seems it seems a, it seems a little ridiculous. But all of that said, all of that said, and as right as you are, Phil Schultz, I love this fucking movie. And I will love it. And I, and I cannot I argue with anything you just said, and I'll tell you why. I'm a lot older than you, okay? So everything that you just said about the 90s, I feel that way about the 80s. So there are a lot of movies in the 80s that I nostalgically love, but... I am not that nostalgic where I can't realize that they're just garbage. <laughs> like, I love them because I grew up on them, and I totally agree with exactly what you said. To me, this, to me, this was almost the uh, Texas, what was that, Te- uh, Kentucky Fried movie uh-huh. of big-budget science fiction movies. Like, this just took a bunch of elements. They're like, let's take the, the noble president. We'll do some of that. And then let's take the, 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 the zany Jewish father. We'll take some of that. And let's take the hard-talking, edgy black guy and make him a hero. Let's take some of that. And then we'll take some aliens. We'll throw that in, too. And it just made this fucking just mishmash of a movie that I fucking love. <laughs> but again, I don't blame you because you are the age where you had no choice. <laughs> it wasn't no, a choice. Well, that's it was a lack of options. We had I, plenty I, you know of choices. I'll give you a good example. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, I said we had plenty of fucking choices. I, I think we're we're that we have that sweet spot of the '80s and '90s. Like, yeah, we were a little young in the '80s, but I would say mid '80s to late. We had that sweet spot. There are plenty of better films that are mid to late '80s than this, as I will then talk about in my notes. But please go ahead. No, that's. I mean, look, that's 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 what it comes down to. I get that this. Um, I get that this. Well, I will. I will direct this. I will direct this to both Kevin's. Like a good example would be Landau. I don't know if you guys talked about it, but when he was, yeah. I can't wait to listen to it. When he was so great, Philadelphia, so great. Um, he had just done a thing with Kumia on Over the Top. Now you said that. I, yeah, I did say that. I loved Over the Top. Oh, like, me too. I went. I like. I think me I was too. like nine, ten, and that was my birthday party. For my big one zero, and <laughs> I just remember thinking that was the best thing ever. And even if I were to watch it now, and let's face it, it's a Sylvester Stallone movie about goddamn arm wrestling. I'm sure I would probably still like it. Now, am so, I aware in, the, in my mind of minds is that it's absolute awfulness? Of course, but it is that sweet spot, as you said. Of at a certain time in your life where you're just going to like it, it's going to hit you, and that is it. There's no argument. 
So wait, you said you turned 10. That came out in 1987. So that means we're older than you, but did I catch that right? Well, all right. So figure 87, when it came out, I was almost 13. So I guess I was 12. Oh, you said 10. That's the big 1-0. I said, wait a minute. You're, you're, not, you're, you're not that much older than us, by no, the way. No, I know that. Yeah, we're, for, <laughs> we're 43. So it's, you know. Well, you guys use moisturizer because I look really old. Um, <laughs> I think it's more uh, booze. No, that's booze. More booze than both of us. Well, yeah. But, but the other thing, too, is like the thing that, that always kind of bothered me about Independence Day is that it was such a great idea for its time. Sure. Uh, we hadn't seen a great alien attack movie really since the 50s. And it was such a perfect time for it. And I just remember being disappointed by what a great concept it was and how it just left me dry on every point that I wanted it to, for lack of a better phrase, satisfy me. I know now I'm making it sound like an alien porn. But um, it like it, the premise was perfect. The timing was perfect, and it's just they threw so much against the wall that they should have just edited it out, and they just kept it all in. And you know what? I think I think I also am just embraced because there are some really good moments in the movie that I really sure. enjoyed when they when they first discover the the, the mothership and they say, uh, you know, it's a quarter the size. That whole that whole moment they have that they then had in Armageddon, and then they had in Deep Impact, where they're like, "There's this massive thing. How big is it? I'm about to." I'm about to compare it to something else so you understand how big it is. Uh, and he goes, he goes, well, you know, he's, it's coming. It's, it's definitely not a meteor. And they're like, how do you know? And he goes, it's slowing down. Like just that moment where he says it's slowing down. And they're like, well, that's cool. I, like that. I was like, I got, you know, I got I like, you get it. Like, cause we've, we've never had that moment in, you know, in history. And you're watching, and I that I thought that was just a, a great yeah, moment like in the movie. And by the way, you are so right to talk about the marketing campaign. And this is a Roland Emmerich thing. I don't know if you guys remember this, and it ended up being um, kind of tanking in the box office. But the late '90s uh, Godzilla, terrible, saw oh, terrible. Do you remember the advertising campaign for yeah. that? Oh yeah, it would be a tail on the side of a New York bus, and it would say. His toe, no, I'm sorry, a toe. His toe is bigger than this bus. Yeah. Right. His head is bigger than this building. And then at one point in the trailer, just as like a fuck you to Spielberg, like his entire uh, foot crushes the uh, skeleton of a T-Rex. Yeah, yeah. Just to show you that bigger is better. And as we found out after watching the movie, bigger ain't better. But uh, yeah. I was, was a, look, I was a huge, I was a huge Godzilla fan as a kid. Huh? I was a I was a huge Godzilla fan as a kid. I watched all of the Toho movies. And so when that movie was announced, I was, I was all in on that movie. And I watched that movie. And that was one of those moments where you're so excited about a movie, you start to try to talk yourself into that it's not that bad. <laughs> and, like, and, and the movie ended and I walked out and I was just, I felt like dirty. Like I'd lied to myself. <laughs> what was it? By the way, that brings up a good question. What was the most... A, like a tried and true franchise, what was the most disappointed you, you felt coming out of the movie, and also trying to convince yourself that you a lot tried of them. To like oh it. god! First of all, the last Skywalker was fucking shit. Yeah. The Matrix but, Two, the Matrix Two was fucking shit. Good. The Last Jedi was also shit. I, I can go to the list of shitty sequels. I felt so disappointed on. I mean, but those those are some of the uh, the ones that just jump out. To, Police Academy Six, shit, no, because <laughs> I love Part Four. RoboCop Two was shit. 
Um, that was a huge, huge drop. Predator two, shit. Oh god. I might, so my, my wife, Danny Glover, but no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. My I wife got it. me. My wife got me in to see the uh, the premiere of Batman v Superman, and like, like the whole cast was there. And I was I I I watched Man of Steel, and I was still actually brainwashed myself into that Man of Steel wasn't that bad. And I, I went. To, I didn't hate it. It was it was it terrible. Was, you know what? It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. But it was worse because it could have been so much better. They had the budget. They had a great Superman. They had all the time in the world to make it, and they just made a terrible movie. But I went to see Batman v Superman, and I was so excited about this because I was a huge comic book geek, and I love Batman, and I love Superman, and I was like, "This is," and I love the Dark Batman, the Dark Knight Returns, the comic book. I was like, "This is going to be amazing." And that was another movie that every scene I was like, "All right, well, it's going to get better." Like, this is definitely something's going to happen here. It's going to, it's definitely going to get better. And then there was the scene where Batman goes and saves his wife or saves Martha. Oh. Martha. And I was like, always oh, like, okay, that was a really cool scene. And I literally hung my entire hat on that scene where Batman kicked ass for seven they minutes. Went. And yep. I, then I walked out. My wife was like, well, what did you, cause she was excited. She was like, what did you think? I was like, oh, it was great. And then I went home and I laid in bed awake and couldn't fall asleep. Cause I was like, that was a terrible movie. I don't. What about At walking out of? You saw that one with your wife, which yeah. implies that you are getting laid. I remember I saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls oh. by myself because I was so excited. <laughs> Opening day, AMC in Times Square, and exactly to what you're saying. I remember walking out and thinking and trying, it was like Stockholm Syndrome, trying to justify why I didn't hate it. Why I kind of thought it might be sort of good. And I think I had a breakdown at least four or five blocks outside of the AMC where all of a sudden just I realized that that was one of the biggest bags of dicks I had ever seen. <laughs> and, for me, and it was just heartbreaking because I worship Indiana Jones as we all do. And it was just a gut punch. I and, saw that uh, with my brother and sister. I think my wife was with me too. And if you, you know what? I'm having a bad time in the theater. If I go in the middle, go, oh, I did like three <laughs> times. My brother goes, enough. It, we know it sucks, Kevin. <laughs> I go, oh, oh. And I go, fucking, and I go, fucking aliens. Mind to know at the time. Yeah. I like, I was trying uh, to like it as bad as it was getting. Yeah. And even, and even in Last Skywalker, where she's like, oh, they find it's the Emperor's granddaughter. I go, nope. <laughs> and then my, my, so my buddy goes, I, I start shaking. I go, nope. And that was it. All right. Let's do some notes from yours truly. You're going to see a theme here. The very first thing you hear when this film opens up is End of the World by R.E.M. Subtle like a sledgehammer in the nuts. No shit. Oh, God. It's good to see Randy Quaid pre-Alex Jones. That was nice to see him Remember the old days. I also... <laughs> I re- Thank you. I remember the Super Bowl commercial for this very well, though just the, the teaser of the White House just blowing up. Jesus. As, as I was watching the, the scene of the White House blowing up last night, I said, well, if this actually occurred during the real 1996, at least Bill Clinton would have gone out by getting blown by a tubby intern who would have ended up being a purse designer. <laughs> did anyone else last night watch Jeff Goldblum and wait for him to say life uh, finds a way to make my dad an over the top Jewish cliched stereotype the 90s I forgot about this too the 90s were big into anal probe humor but then again so was Andy Dick 
<laughs> True. Vivica Fox could and can still get it. Oh, yeah. She was. Still is. She was immaculate. This temporarily put Bill Pullman over Bill Paxton in the Bill Pullman versus Bill Paxton. Who is that guy again? Debate until Bill Paxton died. <laughs> and, I'm ready, and I am ready now to say enough. Enough of the one car hitting another domino style <laughs> car crash. Stop it. That's hack. It's annoying. Done. Oh, Harvey, man. Yeah. Harvey, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. Harvey Firestein pushing gay Jewish stereotypes to a neither a, neither a high or a new low. I don't know which one. He David, sounds, David, David. He sounds like a cookie monster who wants dick instead of delicious treats. <laughs> Can't be both. By the way, nothing like Jewish guilt while driving in an exodus during an alien invasion. I, I, I thought of you, Kevin. He's going, well, you went to school for this and you didn't get that up. <laughs> I said, I, I'm sure I hit home for you to some degree. <laughs> no way in real life does Jeff Goldblum's ex-wife go for him. He outkicked his coverage big time with that press secretary ex-wife of his. Let's talk about the dialogue. Will Smith gets every word out of his mouth, the hackiest, laziest cliches I have ever heard. That must have been one hell of a paycheck to take this script. How could it be happy... Well, you better not be shooting that green shit at me again. Uh, welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Okay, I'll let that slide. Ha, 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 ha. That's what I call a coat close encounter. Oh, vomit. Could have been home barbecuing. I'm going to whoop E.T.'s ass. Where, what's next? I'm going to stick Darth, Vader, Darth Vader's lightsaber up his ass now. Fuck you. I forgot about that one. Jesus, I just saw it again. Fuck you and this lazy ass writing. Now. Why does, next one, why does every communications commander have to smoke a cigar in every scene? <laughs> now, I say that because of Independence Day, and what's the next film we're doing tonight? Top Gun. Top Gun. <laughs> so every oh, communications commander smoking cigars. Now, close your eyes and think of this one, guys. Bill Pullman, Kurt Russell, easily separated at birth. Same jawline, same facial structure, same voice. No, nah, I think Kurt, Kurt Russell's jaw is much more dramatic than Bill Pullman. Oh, I could see Bill Pullman as good old Jack Burton because you know Jack uh, Burton. Nah, nah. I take Bill it. Bill Pullman's a little more like average everyman. Yes, Kurt Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell is Bill Pullman on steroids. Love that thing. And like Bill Pullman always does put upon. Like so, like say, yeah. uh, what was that? Lake Placid. He's put upon by this giant alligator. He's always put upon. Here's one thing that Kurt Russell is never put upon. Right. Like Kurt Russell owns every scene he's in, and he is in control. Bill Pullman's like, now what's happening to me? And yeah, there, there's a difference there. I just watched Escape from New York. And it's, by the way, that movie does not hold up. I was no, just going to say. It, not even like, no, not even an iota. No, but yeah, that right. said, at the end of the movie, I was still like, you know, Snake Plissken's kind of cool. Did you ever sit through <laughs> Escape Through LA? Escape from I, you LA? know what? I know I've seen it. I don't it remember. It was basically a remake. It was yeah. awful. Oh, it was, oh, when they're surfing through with Bichette. Oh, that's right. The, the surfing scene. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, my next question. How the fuck did Will Smith find Vivica, Vivica Fox like that? Just, oh, there she I is. I said the same thing to my wife. In Poor all shit. of LA, she knew exactly where to go. Yeah, she's got a fucking GPS uh, chip sewn in her, in her puss. Yeah, I'm sure she does. <laughs> 
The Bill Pullman Fourth of July speech is good. I just don't think it's iconic as everybody makes it out to be. It's oh, good. Crazy. Not great. Good. This film drags two and a half hours. Nope. Two hours for this and get me in. This film, I looked at my watch at least four times. Nope. Thank Randy, you. explain me Randy Quaid's kids and the, and the whole the, the dichotomy of that, please. I have an answer. I'm listening. Uh, in the deleted scenes, and this shows you how lonely I am and how empty my <laughs> weekend was. In the deleted scenes, they explain that Randy Quaid was not their father. Randy Quaid married their mother after she died. And that's why, A, they don't look a lot, anything like him. And, B, they call him by his first name rather right. than dad. Which is, they not because they don't yeah. like him. It's just because they don't look at him as a father figure. And also, it does kind of explain why they weren't that broken up after he died. <laughs> well, also, also, also in the deleted scenes, what you find out is the kid who gets out of the, the SUV, the RV, and throws up, he's really sick. And there's a whole yeah. little backstory about how sick he is and how he needs this certain medicine, and they don't have yeah. it, and they can't get it. And that's one of the reasons they need to get to this base because they need to get the kid medicine or he's going to die. And then, but they just obviously there was enough storylines that they were like, we don't need the dying kid. I, I, Kevin, no, there were, enough, let's, there were not let's enough. There were not enough. There were not enough storylines. Or just don't have the kids. Don't have them. Period. You know, I like. There's so many characters. But then, who would have said he was proud of his father? Yeah, you needed somebody to say I was I, proud I, of my dad. I wrote. I wrote yeah. down Randy Quaid anchor babies question mark. <laughs> uh, yeah that, well there you go and the line of lines like kevin israel i'm shocked as chris russo said shocked mikey shocked you did not bring this up the one quote i had circled with your fucking name on it not jewish no nah, no one's perfect <laughs> that and again could, this could is you, roland emmerich doing yeah. reparations for what his dad did huge pandering as i wrote here huge yeah. Pandering that must have elicited booze in the South and the Midwest in the movie theaters big time. Uh, last and not least, Randy Quaid, the victim of also if Will Smith is the gold trophy winner, gold medal winner for shitty cliches, Randy Quaid vomited everything else out that Will Smith did not get on his fucking call sheet and script plate for cliches. Here I come, every fucking shitty, lazy cliche you could. So in summary, I get this is a summer blockbuster and is meant to please all of your sensory organs but your brain. But God damn it, this is just insulting with first grade writing, less than open mic quality written jokes, and a piss poor fucking execution. The story itself was great. Great idea. I'm with you. Great idea. I'm with you all the way. But and the all the undeveloped character arcs that Bill had said the fucking first wife just ah oh, die ah oh, dies okay great and the internal daughter, injuries right she oh died. wait by the way oh wait that's a great point and my wife made this point and I never picked up on it so he's in the he's in the hospital room with her so you know the president and he's talking to her and they hug or kiss or whatever and then and she seems I mean she's looks she's sick right. but she seems pretty all right stable at least and then he walks out and he's crying and it's like oh she. So I went to my wife, I was like, I think he killed her. I think he put her out of his Because <laughs> there was no reason she was going to die at that moment. By the way, also wrote down the, the little girl, the daughter. Maybe mom was a shitty first lady because she didn't have many tears to shed when dad told her she died. Hmm. <laughs> Very many unfulfilled character arcs. Kevin Israel, I give this movie a four. Oof. Seven. I, I own this movie. I don't. I, uh, I, I, I've owned this movie. I watch it at least once a year. 
and I consider it uh, incredibly rewatchable. If it's on, I will always stop and watch it, and I consider it very quotable. I, I mean, this, this checks almost all my boxes. The only, obviously, the, the reason it doesn't make it higher than a seven for me, because and I do love this movie, is because it's not a good movie. <laughs> I, I had it on VHS because I got it for $6. I don't own any other copy of it. This does not pass the remote test for me. Now, the real yeah. it does not. I, I don't care if it's on or not. I'll just go, eh, great. Well, Good. Kev, I think I've told you this before, and I got no explanation for it, but this is, a, this is another Fourth of July movie, and this is another Fourth of July movie directed by Roland Emmerich. For some reason, right. if Independence Day is on, I ain't watching it. No. If The Patriot is on, uh, and I know it's awful. I know that's an even bigger bag of dicks. If The Patriot's on, I'm watching it all the way through. I don't know. Hey, gang, so what happened here was we lost Bill's connection. He couldn't get back on. He couldn't hear us, so he just pulled the shoot. So don't forget, listen to Bill Schultz and uh, Joanne Nosichinsky on The Morning Show on the Compound Media Network, and that's at Compound Media on Twitter, compoundmedianetwork.com, and, of course, at Bill Schultz on Twitter. Give him a like, follow, and love the show. It's a great show. I'll be back at the end of June on the show as well. So that's what happened right here. Sorry about that, folks. Kevin Israel. It is our time that we love to commiserate and see if our guest, Bill Schultz, did in fact gut the sacred cow. You know, as, 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 as loath as I am to do it, because I do love this movie, I think he did gut the sacred cow. I agree. I think Bill but Schultz that did. said, I still right. love it, and I'll still watch it every year. And now I'll watch it every year and think of Bill Schultz. <laughs> I won't watch this for a long, long time. But I agree. Bill Schultz did, in fact, gut the sacred cow. So, unfortunately, guys, we lost Bill's connection. We can see him, but we can't hear him. So, we're just going to say you can see Bill Schultz every morning on Compound Media, the morning show. You can see me there every month with Bill but check out Bill and Joanne on the morning show, Compound Media. He is a treat, a doll, an American gem, unlike this film in this humble uh, reviewer's opinion. Kevin Israel, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me begging for Zoom shows and uh, staring at my empty calendar. Uh, KevinIsrael.com. You can go to my website, and I don't know why you would. Uh, on social media, Kevin is real, and you can go, uh, my album, The Struggle is Real, everywhere that you get audio stuff. Bill, Bill Schultz, is your audio work? I think I saw you pop on. Can you talk, 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 talk? No, can you talk, talk? I don't can think you can us? hear us. It, it said connected audio, and it keeps going mute and unmute. Son of a bitch. Let me unmute it. Unmute. All right, there you go. How about now? Can you hear us? Damn it. All right. I guess that's not going to fly. KevinGoatee.com. Let's try that again. KevinGoatee.com for what? I don't know. Shenanigans, debauchery, shit. Who cares? GuttingTheSacredCow.com. That's where you want to go. And that's where you can see our, you know, our blog posts, our list of 10. We got a whole bunch of content up there now. Give that a So much coming. Yeah. And more, even more coming. So, Give that a look, guttingthesacredcow.com. And if you're looking to advertise, guttingthesacredcow at hotmail.com. Hit us up. We'd love to have you on our podcast to do so. And if you have not yet done so, please follow us on social media at guttingthesacredcow, Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, GTSC Podcast. And leave a review. Yeah, we need a review. That's my last point. Leave a review, please. Five-star, two-sentence review. That's all we need. Can't thank you enough. Kevin Israel, good stuff. Bill Schultz, we love you. 
We will definitely have you back awesome on job, again. Billy. We can't have, we can't thank you enough. Again, Bill Schultz Morning Show, Compound Media. That's it for now. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel. We will see you next time. Take care. Bye.